0: from around the world and hanging up spooky pictures in front of your backup camera, this is Paranormal One. Better late than never, or well, you can be the judge of that. We are back with another episode of Paranormal One. Uh, I'm Mike Grasso here with Steve Bartel and Josiah Lee Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, Mike. Might... So, how's life treating you, fellas? Not too bad. How about nah, you? You know what? <laughs> okay, I just, that's a dumb question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it, it's one of those, it, This is one of those moments. It seems where we're. Life is slapping you around a little bit, just to sort of see how much you're gonna take. I can definitely relate to that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I say. Yeah. That 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 was a really rotten question. But uh, hey, we're a little bit late, but we're back. So there's a good thing. Um, I don't know if anybody really missed it, but you know, hey, at least we're here. We're back. We're gonna do do it again. And I was looking. This is like episode 39.
1: Wow awesome
0: 39 so i had a really great idea for our 50th we go to hawaii oh, perfect, perfect.
1: <laughs> sounds okay. good to me
0: okay okay uh we, we really need to get that uh only fans thing rocking then <laughs> uh, we, we make a couple bucks but uh, yeah yeah if we could make that happen that'd be that'd be wonderful so goals it's all about you gotta set goals Yep. <laughs> okay so, 5 from Hawaii. And Josiah, you kind of know your way around there, don't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, what, what was it that took you there at one point? Or have you been um, there several times?
1: Yeah. So, I was dating a girl that actually uh, was going to school at HPU. Uh, and okay. at that point in time, I worked remotely. So... I worked for a company called Accenture so I could work anywhere in the country as long as I was on Chicago time. So, you know, I I went over okay. there several times and I think I spent a total of 50 days, like 51 days or something like that over there. And then she would come wow. over here and, you know, vice versa, but uh, it was really nice going over there because I, I had free room and board, of course, with her. Um, okay. The only thing was that that was a little sucky was when I was actually on work time. I was like four. Mm-hmm. I was getting up super super early, and then you'd have to go to bed early. But um, a lot of so, the what ta- time
0: was Chicago work hours
1: there? Um, so Chicago, I'd have to be online at eight. Uh, so then I'd have to get up in Honolulu okay. at four, and then when the time change came, it would it would change as well. So they don't have daylight savings time, but when Chicago did it, would, oh. even, it would be even worse. Wow.
0: So, but but you're like four o'clock a.m. I'm taking it right. Yes, sir. Yeah, would be like the next day, though. Was it like the, another day? Off? I, no, it's, no, there's not. On. There's more than four hours time between Chicago and. Hawaii, no, right? just four hours no
1: yeah i believe it's four hours yeah and then when daylight savings time comes in it's five <laughs> i think that's how it worked i don't remember exactly but something to that tune
2: so it'd be one hour ahead of pacific time yeah.
0: essentially or behind pacific time I, I just, okay blowing my mind i thought it was further away than that for some reason i think maybe i'm thinking australia yeah i think there like that's what whole, was in my head a whole day ahead yeah there's your other day i don't know it just seems like it should be more than four hours
1: yeah, there's some there's some cool um, paranormal stuff over there as well, and maybe we could get into that on another topic or another day. But they've got yeah. some interesting stuff. There we go, fiftieth episode. Yeah, there we go.
0: If if we can't go to Hawaii, we'll bring Hawaii to us. Perfect. There we go. Okay, and you know we're going to forget to do that. <laughs> so, Guaranteed. Uh, listen for episode fifty three with tales of paranormal Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's such a such a cool place. I, I guess, you know, everywhere is pretty cool if you look hard enough. Yeah. Uh, but I think Hawaii is probably a lot easier than some other ones to yeah. find <laughs> the coolness in that. Uh, so, uh, you guys have an event coming up, right?
1: Yep. Um, we have Laredo Taft coming up. Um, we're working in conjunction with uh, them and their management to do a paranormal tour. Um, they're shooting for about 40 people. Uh, mm. So far, I think 20 has signed up, and okay. uh, the whole idea is Laredo Taft is this um, historic campus outside of Oregon, Illinois. Just It's technically Oregon, but just a little bit outside, and uh, it was an artist colony back in the nineteen uh, early 1900s, and um, there's all different kinds of buildings out there that have, you know, there's been some incidents, and some of the staffs reported uh, paranormal happenings, so... Um, they're going to do a dinner, and then after the dinner, we'll talk about you know how we do um, investigating, and then we'll break off into groups, mm-hmm. and that's going to be run by Rock River Area Paranormal Society. So um, we'll have quite a few of us uh, versus just a Bartell and Henson event. Uh, Forty people okay. is quite a bit for just two to handle. So Yeah, don't yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know firsthand <laughs> about
2: that. Yeah, too many times i tried yeah. we're pretty excited about this because we were supposed to do it last year and then then COVID mm-hmm. interfered of course and uh, i think last year was just going to be an investigation i don't think we we're going to do dinner so it's nice that they've kind of added mm-hmm. that on because their their menu out there is phenomenal yeah their uh their breakfasts are my
1: favorite but uh but all the food from out of there is really good yep very good nice people it's, everybody's pretty cool nice. and- and- so historic
2: and and it's owned by niu it's part of niu's campus and uh
0: they, that's what, northern illinois university for those not
2: <laughs> yes in northern and, illinois and so what they'll do is they'll they'll ship uh i believe like like high school you know elementary and high school age kids out here um a lot of them come from uh downtown chicago but they teach them all kinds of stuff like uh I, I mean, they have archery. They have uh, candle well, it's making. Kind of like a they scout have,
0: camp, almost. That that's exactly
2: right. Yeah, scout yeah. camp for H. You know, and and teach them some skills that that they've never that they would have never experienced otherwise. And and yeah, so that they have dorms. They have uh, you know, like Josiah was saying, quite a few different buildings. Like uh, one of the buildings uh, that they use was Laredo Taft's uh, studio for sculpting and everything. Um, there's administrative buildings there's uh, below the mess hall and i think we talked about this in a previous episode um uh, beneath the cafeteria area and dining room there's a classroom and that's where
1: josiah got touched when we investigated with just our team last year yeah and um, that was the only time i'd ever <laughs> felt that sensation and you know <laughs> and, and, well I'm sorry uh, I'm sorry i guess that well, what the hell were you doing in hawaii then just oh my god <laughs> it was, it was i feel like i'm view. 12 yeah. <laughs> no but you know as a paranormal investigator i think a lot of people assume that you've always you know you've seen spirits or you've been touched by a spirit or something and that was the first time that i'd ever had that experience and you know in my mind I thought it was going to happen in a, like the quintessential haunted house looking place but mm-hmm. nope it happened in this somewhat modern looking basement of Laredo Taft. so
0: in all seriousness what what kind of a touch was it
1: well it felt like somebody was holding a string pretty tightly and they just came up behind me and wrapped the string around the back of my arm i guess is the easiest way to put mm. it and simultaneously as it happened uh there was just this really weird feeling in the room and even Anne, uh Anne green she's on our team she immediately felt something as well like i don't think she felt touched like i did but she felt something happen as well Hmm. So you know who knows it's it's kind of nestled into limestone. So you know everybody says that limestone has you know some sort of a charge or something. So maybe that can be part of it. I think the building's what like 1960s, Steve. Which to Hmm. me it doesn't seem that old, but really that's you know almost 70 years old or over 70 years old, right? 60, 70. You know.
2: the colony there's been people out there since the you know mid to late 1800s yeah. you know like hmm. it was like a hippie commune kind of thing where artists yeah. would come out and beatniks and sculptors painters you know poets you name it and uh just hang out on the hang out on the hillside overlooking the river and everything you know
1: yeah and, and then go across
2: that the, would be the, a cool place island. to hang out oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, and and it's amazing hmm. if you look at some of the paintings that some of the artists did back then, um, it's funny because they're overlooking the river. But you know, right now it's a it's a forested area. Back then, it was relatively bare. There, I mean, there was hmm. there was not a whole lot of trees. And the
1: perspective of the town, you know, in its infancy and everything, is really really neat. It is really cool. Yeah, yeah. a lot of those paintings nice. are in the Oregon Public Library. Up above, they've got an art gallery, and there's tons of paintings from them there.
0: Have you guys been back to investigate there
1: again? Um, we did once after you were there. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, the library, that's right. Yep.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah. And it it wasn't nearly as active, I wouldn't say. Remember, Steve, you and I were in the basement and Mike was down there as well. Yeah, that Didn't that really first that. time, yeah, there was something going on down there. Yeah. Yep. There was a giant boom that was completely unexplained. Remember that? Everybody rushed upstairs thinking maybe one of the bookshelves collapsed or something, but there was no sign of anything there.
0: We heard something when we were there like that, where everybody thought like somebody had run into the side of the building or done something in the alleyway next to it or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, you're right. I can remember everybody coming together. I I don't think anything ever came of
0: that. But it wasn't I don't think it was quite as loud as what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because wow. when it happened the second time it sounded like it was in the building for sure, like inside and truthfully it sounded like a like one of the shells just completely gave way, but we couldn't find anything. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Was it
0: was there still somebody in there with
1: you yep. during um, the investigation? Richard Pulfer he's a uh, he's one of the librarians there um, mm-hmm. he stayed without but he he didn't just stay in the in the room he actually came with us you know whereas last time ah. I think the director stayed in his office, office yeah yeah yeah
0: okay that's nice that, yeah he that's was, he's
1: into it he's he's actually an author he's uh he writes some interesting stuff kind of sci-fi-ish but he does he does have a paranormal twist to it so kind of a cool guy nice it's good when you can get folks from the building involved yep i agree i was That's hoping nice. we get I, in I, this I, year
0: right. and a lot of people would say that about like well, coming to Conover, it was nice that you know the people arranging the tours actually knew or, or or the investigations you know like when outside groups would come in they were thankful that whoever was showing them around actually was into it not just telling stories and yeah let me know when you're done i'll lock her up you know it was <laughs> like like sort of a, a more a little more interaction a little more information they got from it so yeah yeah cool I that, that that was nice so uh you guys so laredo taft dinner ghost hunt yep i mean i'm sorry investigation december yep. 11th yep december 11th
1: okay i believe it's the 10th right.
0: oh is it the 10th yep, oh, it's so. a friday night okay yep gotcha but if it's really good, it'll go into the 11th Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, where do where they find the information for this? If somebody's interested. Um,
1: so if they go on Laredo Taft's Facebook page, they can go there, and then it will route them to Shannon's email, and then uh, they can email Shannon. Yeah. I
2: don't, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh no! I, I was just trying to think about the uh, the the. the uh, Laredo Taft Facebook page. I was trying to figure out. I mean, is that just if we type in Laredo Taft, will it take us right there? I think so. Probably.
2: Yeah. Although, I mean, he, he has a lot of uh, sculptures True.
0: and art throughout. The Maybe Laredo Taft Campus. Field campus. There, there you. you go. Yep. Okay, Laredo Taft Field Campus. So,
2: you know, I don't. I don't know if you remember us talking about it like way back, but in one of the buildings i believe it's the office building they have a downstairs to it um and uh in the downstairs they do a lot of crafts and things like that but there's an interesting hallway where you open a door and this whole thing is built on the side of uh i, I guess i mean it's built over limestone but in mm. the basement where actually all the uh the the router and all the <clears throat> all the electrical equipment is you open a door and there's a bare stone in there where the basement butts up against the limestone face and everything ah. yeah, It's really really neat because yeah. it's just raw earth right there you know and it's a cool thing to see that it is yeah. it, it's very wow. uncommon you know but and and she claims that that's the building that has the most activity that most people have claimed huh. to have had things happen.
1: Yeah, it's a, okay. it's a really neat building that that one's like original, right, Steve? That's like really really old. I think so. In fact, that might have been like one of their residences or yeah. yeah.
2: But um, we'll, we'll take a lot of pictures this time. I don't think we
1: took hardly any pictures on our I don't last think one. So, um,
0: <laughs> who do you say the person is? You're getting in touch with there?
1: Uh, her name's Shannon Forney. She's
0: the director okay. uh, of
2: the field campus.
0: Yep. Okay. I'm just looking at the uh, um, uh, Facebook page. had had a link to the website and there's somebody else listed there. Um, Melanie Costello.
1: Yeah. Melanie's the big boss. <laughs> okay. So she doesn't want to be
0: bothered with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but but if you you'd send them a, but okay I'm, I'm just trying to if somebody's trying to you know get in here um, the best way because I'm, I'm looking at the page oh okay and um,
2: I think isn't it just s40 at nau.edu? I
1: believe so yep but yep. I thought there was a uh, flyer unless I'm looking
0: at a uh, the wrong page or something or there's a lot of stuff they're doing. So you might have to scroll down a bit.
1: Yeah, that might be what it is. I'm kind of looking here myself. They
0: got lots of events going on. So, um, but I mean, now if, if do you guys do, would you guys link to that on, rock river at all or
1: yep we've shared it on there yeah it is down um, okay she posted it on october 26th oh geez Um, okay yeah and it's an it's added as an event so i'm assuming if you go to the page you can click on events or upcoming events and it should be there as well shared on paranormal one uh facebook page as well Mm -hmm. and then uh, bartell and henson i think we did there okay so just
0: keep scrolling you will find it (laughs) But there's also Homeschool Ninja Warriors 101. Are you guys going to be involved with that at all? Potentially. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Take lots of pictures from that. Yeah, definitely. I want to see the pictures. Oh, there it is. This one. Okay, now I'm like, oh yeah, this. <laughs> Paranormal investigation and dinner. Cool. And all right.
2: That one of the sta- they show the statue, which is of uh, the pallbearer. Yeah. The pallbearers were. Uh- I, I don't remember if we discussed it in our podcast. I think we did, but... I don't remember hearing about it. But what, please tell me if there's a story. I'd love to hear. So Laredo Taft uh, himself had students or apprentices and everything. And so they were tasked with uh, with doing the sculpture where each person was going to do their own likeness carrying this, this casket. And uh, I believe they somehow ended up... So after it was all said and done... It was discovered that they stole a an existing like casting of this and just made it, you know, and 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 tried to take credit for it or whatever. Yeah, and then they put their
1: faces on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's called the Seven. So they changed muses.
2: it. <laughs> the Seven Muses. That's right. That's right. Yes. But, uh, they changed it. it. It's a it's a really cool looking <laughs> sculpture though.
1: And the the thing that's really funny about it is. Um, taft hated it he hated the fact that they did that and mm. to make matters worse they put it right in the path of where he would have to go to his private area for sculpting so like oh. he had to walk by this as a constant reminder and uh, according to shannon he was so angry number one the fact that they it was a thievery but number two um the fact that they brought some sort of morose death to that area that area was supposed to be like lively and you know signifying um you know like growth and all that but yet here this there's this massive statue of these creepy looking people carrying a coffin like he's like
0: what the hell that story aside, I think that would be an awesome place to sit kids around and tell them ghost stories. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Actually,
2: do, do you remember when my kids were there? Yep. When we were there with
0: Dan? <laughs>
2: Never forget that. Yeah. My daughter was standing at the very front of the uh, statue, and there's like a little recess there in, in the front. And uh, she was growling, but the the little uh, the way it was shaped and everything somehow amplified and like intensified <laughs> the growling and I, I I I think the initial thought was like holy shit is something just about to burst out of the woods at us yeah you know?
1: we Dan and I truthfully we <laughs> both agreed we thought it was a bear like she was going and we yeah. like, oh my why god why was she growling I don't she's She'll just messing around mess with us know? yeah. yeah. But I don't wow. think she even realized the amplification factor of it. And then once she realized sure that it not. was, like, freaking us out, then she really started getting into it. Oh, yeah, like, she Damn. enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool sculpture. Yeah. Even if it's stolen. Yeah. Because <laughs> because all you have to do is to tell a kid, you know, there's really a body in there. That's really where Laredo Taft is buried. Right. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, it's just... All fun and games from there. Yep.
1: Well, I, think, like I think I've hit my
0: goal for the day. I've made
1: a little child cry. Shannon did mention that there's rumor, and highly unlikely, but there is rumor that there is an actual human being in that coffin, but. You know unlikely
0: but not impossible exactly. right
1: oh, i don't remember that okay yeah she was saying that the the reason she said that is because they call it the seven muses and they don't ever show the seventh person oh, I gotcha. okay
0: yeah. i wondered about that i saw i saw the, there's six pallbearers so we're, is there, was there somebody in the f- i guess there's nobody in the front that's where the growls come from yeah <laughs> okay cool yeah well, okay that that click was on purpose.
2: <laughs> I was trying That's to find the, sister. I was trying to find the <laughs> picture of because we took a bunch of pictures that day, and I know I have a picture of her standing by that statue, but I just can't find it at the moment. So
0: I want the video of oh, her no, did find at
2: it. it. I did find it. Here, I'll send it to. Uh, I'll send it to her chat. This makes for good listening right here. <laughs> Let's see, if we can always edit out the
0: dead space. Yeah, because you know I'll do that, right? <laughs> that is pretty cool. That's awesome. Now was she standing there like that as she was That's growling, exactly or was she facing into, into it. it?
1: Yep. And it's hard to tell, but where her back is, it's fairly concave there. Um, you can't really see <laughs> oh, it in the picture. You can
0: see it from the from the other picture. You can you can see it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Did you just stand there? So it's probably back from above her because the casket's like above her head too. Yep. So it's probably coming off of that. It's like perfect, perfect thing. very cool. Okay, and what's really disturbing is when I pull up that photo in the chat, all the other pictures from the chat are in thumbnails underneath it. <laughs> Can't imagine oh. what pictures those would be. <laughs> There's some doozies. Okay. <laughs> well, Josiah... Yes, sir. As as we have discussed, you are on probation this week. Awesome. For that awful, awful heinous act you talked to us about on the Halloween show. <laughs> so, so terrible. You know, sometimes you find out something about a person, and it just it crushes you. It makes you change the way you see them forever. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it is kind of awesome.
1: But, um... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the wheelchair bandit. My head is hung in shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, a terrible bastard.
0: Yeah. So, Josiah, shame on you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Steve, uh, do you want to go ahead and start? Sound like you had a pretty sure good thing for today. You sound awfully excited about it. Well, I was just uh, okay. So, so to
2: explain the backstory, I I must have done a search on this or something, or or because it's related to the paranormal, it popped up uh, when I pulled up my my uh, Google Chrome in on my Android phone. You know, it always recommends article or it has articles listed related to search topics and things like that. Hmm. So, anyways, this one came up, and it was about the Estes method, and. Uh, the article is entitled "How the groundbreaking, the groundbreaking SB7 Spirit Box Experiment Is Changing Paranormal Investigation." I was reading hmm. through it; it was just a fascinating article. Um, some tidbits that I never knew about it. Um, I know teams like uh, Midwest Coast Society, the Northern Illinois Crypto Research Society, and you know, thousands of teams everywhere are are using this pretty frequently but you know yeah. it's only kind of come about more recently and after seeing it done a few times and having some interesting results you know I I, I don't know it was a cool article I'm not going to read the whole thing but as I browse through it and everything I'll uh, I'll mention some of the stuff for starters do you guys know how that name came about? Wasn't it Estes Colorado? Well uh, yes so it, it Estes Park Colorado uh, at the Stanley Hotel wow. they're Uh, their paranormal team that was investigating there frequently and everything, they kind of brainstormed and came up with this idea to use this method to, to see, you know, what, what kind of results they got and everything.
1: Now that Steve, that was the, where he was inspired, right? It wasn't the actual one that they filmed at.
2: Um, that is a good
1: question. It seems to me that he was inspired at a smaller location, but he filmed. They filmed it at a different location that was larger and more grand. Yes, so the, the
2: Stanley Hotel, I think, is where they filmed. Okay. It was the Palmer House that that inspired it. Is that correct, okay. or is it vice versa? I Mike, think it might remember? be.
0: The you know Overlook. your training history. I uh, see. Now I'm getting cool. screwed up here. So Sorry to throw you off track. I the just... Overlook is the name of the the, the hotel in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Timberline Lodge, where the exterior shots were filmed. Okay. Okay. The king's novel is based on the famous Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Okay. Okay. But the exterior shots are Oregon's Timberline Lodge. Gotcha.
1: No Palmer House.
2: (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so we'll edit that out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. That's a Minnesota. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Yeah.
2: So basically, the article is just saying how for. For like two decades, you know, there weren't really any advances in, you know, in the paranormal toolkit and everything. You know, uh, EMF meters, digital recorders, full spectrum cameras have been staples for, you know, for quite a few years. But once this came about, and also just on a a total tangent, um, they mentioned one of the most sought after ghost hunting tools is the Panasonic RRDR60. It's a mm. digital recorder that's nearly two decades old, but it can fetch upwards of three thousand dollars on eBay. And I don't know if it's the rarity, the quality, the fact that it catches more EVPs than your TaskCam, or wow. I don't know what it is
0: about it. But <laughs> it, it a lot? One? A lot of a lot of older ones or lower quality recorders have a lot of static okay. or background noise in them, which make them actually better. Many people believe for catching EVPs. Uh, like the, the task cams and zooms that have really pristine audio quality aren't really as, uh, desired because <laughs> from the viewpoint of a lot of people who do it, they're not going to get you as good of an EVP as some others. Now, if you're, if there's a, a bump or a bang or a voice around the corner, you're going to be more likely to catch it on those things. Right. But as far as an EVP, yeah, the, some of those older models are thought to be really great. Cool. Nice. So, uh. So,
2: so, anyways, a, a little bit more about this this team that started doing it. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, this article, even though it just popped up in my feed, was actually from January of 2019, hmm. and they even talk about how, you know, this team started doing this method, and it wasn't long after they were doing it on some of the television shows like Kindred Spirits, and hmm. who did it quite a bit. Um, yeah, they said there's another one. The uh, it's called Hellier. And it's uh uh I've already skipped past it. It's on a specific network. Um, oh there it is, Planet Weirds Hellier. Hellier. Um but anyways, uh they were doing it at the Stanley Hotel, which is pretty I, I can't think of a better place, you know, to uh to do this, but um let's see. One thing, and, and I'll get to it on here, so I've never personally um, done the Estes method. I've, I've seen it done, but I've never participated, other than to maybe ask some questions. Um, mm-hmm. Josiah has done it, and it's interesting, because some of the way they describe it in here is exactly what uh, Josiah said his experience with it was. So, uh, one of the guys uh, hooked up a pair of headphones to their SB7, sat down in the in the concert halls, basement hallway, uh, where they had been having a lot of activity where he sat quietly with his eyes closed and listening to a direct feed. Um, they started asking questions and he started spitting out answers and they were making too much sense to be a coincidence. So they, uh, they're surprised about it. So then they started, uh, said to rule out any trickery. Uh, they continued to tweak the experiment, adding a blindfold to ensure the receiver couldn't read lips. Um, they also added a pair of noise-isolating headphones to rule out the possibility of of the receiver hearing the questions. And mm-hmm. uh, so <clears throat> when they added the headphones in the blindfold, they didn't find any real difference in the responses they were getting. But there was a huge boost in the confidence in the responses. You know, there, there's no way that he can be, you know, you know, tricking and everything. They said when using something like earbuds, especially the cheap kind, you can't fully trust that some kind of sound isn't leaking through. Um And in fact, later on, they... So, late in the article, they actually uh, give the steps on how to accurately perform the Estes method. One of the things they say is... uh, they say you need a pair of Vic Firth S1-H1 or S1-H2 stereo isolation headphones. They okay, so now those are going to cost, what, $1,200? dollars sure uh, they're uh, not cheap. the specific one you need? But yeah. they literally say these are vastly important. If you aren't using these headphones or an equivalent, throw out all of your evidence. Because uh, they're made for studio drummers and they block external noise up to 25 decibels. So it completely rules out unintentionally hearing the operator's question, you know, and everything.
0: Yeah, but but also when when, when they get in your ears, full blast. That's going to cover up. You're not hearing much anyway. Right? Yeah. That's that's why the first time with the guy's eyes
2: closed and, you know, whatever, you know, cheap yeah. headphones on, it still worked. Looks but.
1: like about 80, 89 bucks.
2: Okay, that's not terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a couple of the things, uh let's see um the reason they started doing this i'm trying to find where in the article they talk about it but uh um so how is the Estes method actually working the sensory deprivation methods coupled with a form of nearly white noise are a throwback to the heyday of psi research being uh performed in places like duke university um so they're saying that the answers received through the Estes method are psychically induced. Um, and that was psi, not PSI. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it says, while the conscious mind is busy listening to sweeping radio channels, the receiver is lulled into a sort of a trance, which is noted by the back and forth rocking motion performed by most receivers. And they begin to hear words and phrases that aren't really in the feed, in turn becoming a channel for psychically related messages. This might not be impressive if the receiver could actually hear or see the questions being asked, but with the sensory deprivation elements in place, it only makes the case for channeling stronger. In fact, it appears that the Estes method works even better when the receiver is already psychically inclined. Now, that verbiage right there, Josiah has been nodding his head this whole time. He said when he did it, I, I mean, do you want to explain your your experience with it and what you said to me about it?
1: Yeah. So the way I felt it, it, it seriously felt like I was in a different planet. I felt like I was in this darkness that I was just sort of hovering above myself and it it really did feel trance like I guess that's a perfect way to put it um where I, I had really no bearing on where I was um in all it, it, everything just sort of came to a point where I was just focusing on what I was hearing and uh it was kind of ironic hearing Steve explain that because he's right that's that's pretty much exactly how I felt so um, I for anybody who's willing to give it a try, I highly recommend it. It's something that's new in the field, obviously, around 2019 or so. But um, I'd recommend giving it a try. At first, it feels a little foreign, but just do it. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, the, I did it when I was with uh or post post town. Okay,
0: and it was like really like getting. A two, 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 two. I was like I could feel myself getting into the routine and the rhythm of it, and <laughs> yep. like I think I was even moving moving my fingers along with a yeah. It was just uh, yeah, you could really almost get, yeah a trance. So yeah. so because and, and you, I, you feel? because you guys have both done this, I, I'm sorry,
2: I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I would just to your point that you were saying, I, since you both done this, um, there's a little bit more of a description to it about. Uh, about maybe how to hone you know your experience doing that and everything I, I do want to mention that when they're talking about this uh early in the article they say they say that the uh if they isolated the noise from an SP7 spirit box um it uh it Okay, it's a description of an SP-7 spirit box, a device that forces sweeping radio signals into chunks of randomized noise, which many ghost hunters believe can be manipulated by spirits to send messages, and fed it into a person, making the person the receiver. That's why they kept using the verbiage. They kept referring to the receiver. Receiver is the person, because once you've got that in your head, you know, some groups play over a speaker what's going on with sb7 just so you can hear the person talking but you can also hear what they're hearing some people only the receiver can hear it so mm. that makes them truly the receiver you know say so they blurt out whatever words they're hearing and everything but uh um so so how is it working yeah i, I talked about the psychic it says while the conscious mind is busy yeah listening to the sweeping radio signals um the big that's the big question are the spirits manipulating or broadcasting radio signals which is always a contentious point with the sp7 or is it something more due to the listener who seems to quite easily fall into a meditative trance-like state at this point you can't discard either uh we do have experiments we're working through Blah blah blah. This is the guy who invented it. His name's Condor Connor Randall. He also says, I think it's quite possible that the method is simply a barrier breaker to being able to perceive the voices of spirits that are trying to communicate via our minds. It's been said by many investigators that the best ghost hunting tool in the arsenal is the person themselves, which I've always said, you know, your your five senses are, are the best. And, and I think you you maybe even had talked about that as well. Maybe that's where I picked that up from. I yeah, think um,
0: that, that 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 equipment fixation. Yeah. And you're watching your meters and you miss all the things around you. Exactly. So. uh so regardless of
2: exactly how the Estes method is working, it's stunning results and ease of use have seen it adopted by some of the biggest names in television and ghost hunting. Um, you know, the, on the travel channel, Amy Bruni and Adam Berry they, they use it on their show. Um, and actually I, I, guess Nick Groff's streaming platform, Vidispace, Space, a lot of people do it on there as well. Um, yeah, the, the guy that invented it said, "It's, it's, you know, this this poor guy that they invented this awesome method. Everyone's using it. He really gets no monetary, you know, gain from it. That <laughs> that, that, that he didn't even name it after himself. So they're they're talking about this thing that was conceived. How out can you make history. money off of a well, way of doing things? You can't. But but he said, you know, something that him and his team came up with, and everyone's using it and everything. You know, don't even credit for it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, so they've. Uh, They've tried using the Estes method in a multiple multitude of ways, attempting distance experiments where the receiver and operator are each isolated, blind sessions where the receiver attempts to retrieve information about an object they haven't seen, and even Estes methods sessions featuring two, three, even four or more people acting as receivers. Um, hmm. So they're they're really experimenting, and he actually teases that they had uh, other things in the works that were going to actually be you know really really mind-blowing with it um this but, was in 2019 yes yeah, so it's probably okay. to it came out or maybe we're, we're still, still waiting, waiting. <laughs> okay. the white adoption of the estes method denotes a sea change in paranormal research where actual parapsych- parapsychological methods are being introduced into the amateur field a place where blinking gadgets and repurposed home improvement tools have been the rage for 20 years We'd certainly talk it up to the recent resurgence of spirituality within the paranormal community. Tarot cards used as ghost hunting tool, ritual magic melded with anomalous investigations and wider adoption of sensory deprivation methods like the Gansfeld experiment have created a wider space for creativity and experimentation. Um, The Gansfeld, I didn't actually click on that, but I'm actually, uh, I'd be interested in seeing what that is. Um,
0: Race we- you, Josiah. What's that, Mike? I'll race
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> so th- they're talking about how, you know, now that it's being used on shows, more and more people are going to try it. You know, we even discussed in past episodes, uh, I think when uh, the cryptos, Illinois, Northern Illinois Crypto Research Society was here. They actually did a version of this where the person asking the question was in the train hallway. The person listening to the SB7 as the receiver was in the museum and they were radioing in the questions over the radio as opposed to standing in the room and asking the questions right next to the person. Um, And if you remember, I, I think one of them asked how many fingers am I holding up? The receiver immediately said two. Yeah. And we we had to read we had we said okay, hang on a second. How many fingers were you holding up? Cuz he couldn't hear the response. We could hear the response cuz we were in the museum. That the person asking the questions couldn't hear the responses. So he said I had two fingers up. So that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Okay, Gan- Gansfeld? Yes, what is it? Here, um you will uh Like a person is put like in a sensory deprivation area. They cut ping pong balls in half and put them over their eyes. And then there's a red light shining on you as you lay in a comfortable chair. And uh, you also wear headphones with white or, or, or pink noise going through it. And you sit in there for half an hour. It's like a sensory deprivation thing. And during this time, there is a sender. You're the receiver. There's a sender in another location sending signals out to you. And as the receiver, you just sort of speak whatever comes into your mind. Hmm. And then you look to see if there's any
1: correlation by those things. Are they verbally sending signals or are they just sending mentally? Mentally. No, no, mentally, mentally. But in a totally Um, different room.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. In the judging procedure, the receiver is taken out of the Gansfeld state and given a set of possible targets from which they select one which most... Resembles the images they witnessed. Um, most commonly, there are three decoys along with the target, giving an expected rate of 25 percent by chance over several dozens of trials. So I guess it must be like like that opening scene in Ghostbusters. Or oh, they like yeah. have a card with the squiggly lines. Or they shack at him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, that was awesome. A little bit different take on it, but you know the, the idea of hey, you're looking at these. And then at the end, it's like, oh, okay, I've been sending you the squiggly lines for 30 minutes, and then you set like the squiggly lines and three other things. Hey, like, which one was it? So it's kind of so, like an ESP type experiment, you know. Yeah, you're, that's what they said. It you're was projecting. Very, you know, it's a cool. pseudo scientific technique. <laughs> Wikipedia
1: loves pseudo scientific. Oh techniques. yeah. I do like that there's different things coming out. I know I expressed this to Steve. I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, Mike. But there are times when you get a group in or if you're doing a tour and all that and it's just completely dead. I like to have something else in the arsenal that you can kind of bring out and say, all right, we've tried the equipment. Let's let's give this a try. And it's kind of cool that there's a few things like that now you know i after reading yeah. this article and and seeing some of the
2: stuff i am very anxious to give it a try myself yeah. i want to i want to be a receiver and, and try it out that'd be cool you know. but uh so as, as continuing through the article how to accurately perform the estes method um you know the very first step you need a willing receiver and a willing operator you know in other words someone to perform the method and someone to ask questions um says you need a good blindfold
0: obviously um Although really, Do you need a safe word, too? Or, <laughs> well, that, it seems like it's going to a dark place here. I don't know what's going on. They
2: say this, uh, okay. there's a certain type of mask affectionately referred to as an eyebrow. <laughs> and they show the guy in the picture with it on. And it literally does look like, you know, two cups over his eyes, huh. you know.
0: Well, like a gimp suit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
2: um, uh, so after all these things. So uh, actually about the Vic Firth. uh headset um it says a uh, general rule of EVP playback applies here as well beware of sound canceling headphones these types of headphones work by playing a tone that deafens the ears to outside sounds you don't want your headphones accidentally muting a spirit voice that might whisper through your feed
0: um Okay, so 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 you want headphones that block sound out but don't electronically cancel it out. Correct. Would exactly. that be yep. what we're doing? Okay. So okay. it's like
2: my, my earbuds have that uh, on that that feature on there which p- could potentially
0: block it According evidence. to this is a no-no. Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. So okay. so the receiver, this is an interesting little write-up here. It says uh the receiver should make themselves as comfortable as possible, place their blindfold on, fasten it tight enough to block all light. Um Da, 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 da. Once the receiver is comfortable and ready, the sp 7 should be set to scan at the loudest possible volume, ideally at a rate of 200 millisecond, but not less than 100. So I believe that's one of the fastest hmm. settings. Or, or no, the higher the number is the slower setting.
0: I know the 11s can go to the 50, which is fast. That's okay. how long it stays on one particular gotcha. setting. I don't know about this, not what the SB7s can do, but... Okay,
2: so it says, be mindful that the forward or reverse options only refer to the direction of the scan uh, as it climbs or descends through stations. It's not rewinding or playing any stations backwards if you're using the (laughs) reverse setting. Um, The guy that invented it prefers to sweep forward on AM stations at the fastest sweep rate, but this is also up to personal preference. The noise will probably stun the receiver at first, which is good. If it doesn't, the sp 7 is probably not loud enough. (laughs) They pointed out that it's that it's not important for the receiver to try and discern what voices might be supernatural versus the radio, the way some investigators might with a traditional spirit box setup. Simply say anything that you hear clearly. You'll recognize commercial blips and music, they say. The important part is just saying anything and everything that's coherent. Make sure you're comfortable, they stress. Find a good chair, a rocking chair if you can, even in the abandoned old asylums and other typical haunts. It's important to be sitting somewhere comfortable so that you can focus. Um, At this point, the operator should begin asking questions directed not at the receiver, but the entity or entities in the room. If all goes well, you should start to receive pointed responses. If you're trying the receiver roll for the first time, I suggest just getting used to it. If you're not familiar with the box, it can be a very irritating noise to blast at your ears for very long. Many people report feeling dizzy or disoriented on on their first few tries, so don't push it. Once you're used to that, just try to find a rhythm. Don't worry about what's happening around you or whether you missed part of a word a moment ago. Always focus on being ready for the next word popping up at any given moment. Um, Say everything you hear, no matter how weird it might seem at first, and let it go without thinking about it too much. Try not to be an interpreter, but rather a megaphone for the sounds. he says, when I'm doing the Estes method and I'm the receiver, I'll even say portions of words, syllables, or occasionally complete a word if what I hear is very close. For example, if I hear banan, I'll just say banana. Hmm. It's also very important not to think and ponder on what you're hearing because then you might miss the next thing. You hear it, you say it immediately. It sounds intense, but once you drop the mindset of editing and just report what you hear, you'll find you might get in the effortless zone rather quickly. Hmm. So just just some tips for for doing it. Well, you yeah. know, I'm in the boat of I've never done it before, so that would be I would have to think about some of those things going into it, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it's kind of nice to be armed with that because I I was I think kind of finding myself thinking maybe I should edit this, but it sounds like the guy's just saying say whatever even if it's partial. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
2: And I know you were saying that you could hear you could almost pick out a specific song as it came around yeah. the sweep every single time, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, if, if that song or, or if a DJ or, you know, just, yeah, say what you hear because you don't know what might be, you know, spiritual. it just gets you
0: into that habit though, that, that routine of doing it automatic. Right. Every time the ball comes, just swing, ball comes, just swing. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's a good ball or run. You just see us swinging. Exactly. And yeah. the, the article keeps going on
2: and on. Um, but uh, that's that's pretty much the uh, the
0: important stuff. I I, I like it that, that it gives um, suggestions for the settings to use. Yes, because I think people kind of just fall into whatever personal preference they want, because nobody ever really says do this because of that or these settings because of those. I always would do FM at the lowest or the fastest speed. Because my thinking was, um, FM picks up a lot less interference than an AM signal will. Okay. For, to to me, the AM sounded too random. Because hmm. I, I always thought that the the idea of, again this was me was to just have the white noise, not the radio. Yeah. And, so and it- so that's why I put put would put on FM deactivate the antenna. You'd have a fairly consistent. Stream the whole time through, and anything that did break through, then would be more likely, and, and according to my thinking, to be a spirit voice. Plus, you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> that, yeah,
2: another thing about AM is there's a lot more talk radio on AM, so you're going to get a lot more voices and words, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to FM, which is uh, should, supposed to be more music and everything.
0: But but again, if if you're going for that rhythm, the, the 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 words, the spontaneous stuff coming out, and I'm snapping my fingers as I'm saying this, like what's that noise? <laughs> um, to, for, for to come at it from that way, that makes more sense. I and mean, it's sort of like in the line of a Ouija board, a pendulum, sure, uh, uh, the the, the uh, what that rods, the rods. <laughs> all those types of things. It's about channeling through the person, communicating with the person, and not really about the device itself the device is just a tool right a hammer doesn't build a house you know a, a person using that hammer does so yeah i i i, I like that that's that was interesting just those other thoughts you know and
2: i don't I remember seeing it and browsing through it just now but when they were talking about why they invented this and why they were why they did it that way um there's two types of biases that uh that, that are eliminated by this so you eliminate the group bias which you know when you have 10 people listening to the feed and i know this has happened with with teams and everything you know you yeah. think you hear a certain word and someone else says oh it just said extra you know it's like well to me it sounded like something else but but once someone blurts that out then everyone thinks oh yeah that's probably what it was yeah that that's what it
0: was you know, or somebody plays an evp for you he goes, hey listen to this say i shut the door yeah yeah and then you're like, oh, yeah, I totally hear it. But if you just listen to it by yourself, it's like, eh, <laughs> you have no idea. That,
2: yeah. <laughs> or it could sound like something else, you know, like a, like some of those things that went viral where, uh, you know, was it saying yeah, the one word you know. or the other word, you know. And if you tried hard enough, you could hear one or you could hear the other one, you know. That
0: laurel, I think, was that? That's
2: what it was, yeah, yeah, laurel and yeah.
0: uh, something else, yeah. I can't even remember which one I heard, but it was like there, there was no way I could hear the other one. Right. No way.
2: You know, and, and the other bias it removes is... Uh, and, and the article didn't state this, but I was thinking about it, on, um, is the uh, answer bias. Uh, if you ask a question, you're going to be mm-hmm, anticipating mm-hmm. hearing something in response to that question that's relevant to the question, so you, yeah. may, you may misinterpret something because you're hoping, if you ask a yes or no question, you're gonna be expecting a yes or a no, and as opposed to some other words, so.
0: Or a number
1: or a name.
2: Yes, if you ask for a name, how, how right. many people are in this room, uh, what's your name, yes, exactly.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, that's so. pretty packed full of really good stuff there. You know, yeah. the whole methods packed full of like pretty yeah. thoughtful. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yep, I agree. We, we've actually
0: got some people coming over for
1: dinner tomorrow night. We
0: might 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 try <laughs> some of this and see what happens. That'd be cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, it could be interesting. Say hey before we 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 want to talk to you about, and they're going to think, oh
2: shit, not Amway, is it? You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you ever get stuck in one? I we actually got caught in one of those. No, I can, no, I can smell that bullshit from twenty miles away. You know. <laughs> this was like in nineteen ninety one or two, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we were all going to be buying Cadillacs and living a <laughs> yeah. good life. Can I talk to you about my home-based business? Yeah. I think you'd be perfect,
1: you know? <laughs> Out!
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a waste of a couple hours of my life. I don't even think we even got food, like a snack or anything. I <laughs> know. Hmm. Well, thanks, Steve. That was... Yes. Interesting. It, it, it's nice to hear other people talk about that because it's, I mean, just the ideas behind it and the experiences with it. And I, I like that it, you know, part of it is to lull you into that
2: mm-hmm.
0: trance, that, that mode, that, that sense of oh, awareness and to be comfortable. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting in like a swampy basement room. It was not comfortable at all. I'm now. sorry.
2: But when I hear sensory de- deprivation, I always think of that movie Altered States. Do you remember? Never saw that one, no. It was on late one night, and I'm like watching. I remember it, though. Yeah, it was Wasn't William Hurt, I think, was, yep. was in it. Yep. And he would get into this water tank that they closed, and he couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything. And he would just basically hallucinate and go on a trip mm. and it was it was just a out there kind of crazy thing and i think i watched half of it and it was just kind of like
0: i mean it wasn't I, good but <laughs> when i was a kid there was this movie called simon with alan arkin in it oh, okay and he did i mean it was a comedy and he went through something like they were supposed to like leave him in for like 30 minutes and it ended up being like a really long time oh, not geez. like not like like in uh what, what was that uh idiocracy kind of thing. It wasn't quite that long, but it was like, you know, a couple hours a day. I don't know how long it was, but they like, he's doing all these things inside, like like past life regressions and sure. stuff like that. It was, it, it was interesting. That, that That's where my mind goes when I hear about this <laughs> 10 year old me watching HBO thinking this is
1: great. <laughs> to me, it makes me think of that. I think it's in the university of Minnesota where they've got a sensory deprivation box, but I think it's only <laughs> Well, it's definitely sight and audio, but they say that once you're in there, most people can't last more than five minutes because it's so quiet that you start to hear your own oh, yeah. blood flow. Yeah, wow. it's yeah. like it's
0: like all like foam in this yes. room,
1: and yeah, yes, and like most people can't last very long. So I think the longest is like forty-five minutes or something like that. But completely mm. dark, completely quiet. I I could I could. Imagine how that would be so intense
2: that it would induce Ooh. panic or yes. or anxiety because yeah, when you start hearing like the swishing of the blood and the yep. you know Yeah. And,
0: yeah, it's That's crazy. Yep. Well that's like those those recordings know. we played of the uh uh the lost cosmonauts. Yeah. Yes. And some of those sounds that were coming from that <laughs> they said it was the 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 heart mm. monitor going that you could hear the heart beating, but it sounded like a swishing sound because of the technology at the time. But yeah, it's some creepy stuff. But yeah. I think to hear your own blood going through your veins <laughs> or anybody else's for that matter.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All I know is I want to slap on some head headphones and and a blindfold and try this this weekend.
1: That'd be great. Well, we do have some, they're noise isolating headphones. We did buy, cause remember I wanted to do that experiment where, you put those on in a blindfold, and you have uh, some sort of a device that would snap a shutter on a camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we did huh. buy those. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we could use those. They're probably not as good as the Vic farts or whatever, but <laughs> 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 we could try. Uh, so you got the
0: blindfolds, the headphones, and a ball gag. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I got the Gip. Okay. Gibbs <laughs> sleep. Yep. <laughs> Wake him up! <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, now that the gimp has come up twice, are you ready to to move? I have no gimps in in my uh, topic here tonight, unfortunately. Uh, but they're they're. That's well, not even a plus. I was gonna say, but there are dead cats. I'm like, wait, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, so, I, I found it here again. I, I, I'm rearranging my my uh, my room as you probably can't tell by looking here. But I found like two more uh, boxes of books in the basement. Actually, Sherry found them, and I carried them upstairs. And. This, this, but come, keep coming back to this one again, this old haunted houses book when I got, when I was like, you know, nine, 10 years old. And it's, 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 it's been well read. This was no library thing. This was all me reading this thing. <laughs> it's, it's the, the binding is just about ready to, to fall apart. But, uh, one of the topics in here and, and it, and it, again, this is one of the ones that scared the hell out of me as a kid was
1: the bell witch. The oh, witch yeah. that is really a ghost. Did we ever talk about this? I don't know if we did, but that I, I listened to that on an audiobook, and one of the most terrifying audiobooks I've ever heard in my life, Re- the, now, the narrator was really into it. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I got I to gotta
0: get the info on that from you. Um, but I, it, it, It's getting a lot of play lately, and, and especially a few years ago. There have been a couple movies kind of loosely based on it. Uh there is the one with uh now his name's escaping me. Thank and you. Donald yeah, Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Sure. Um which 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 kind of put a, a a bit of a twist on it, but possibly not a whole big twist, as we'll as we'll see here. Uh the the, the thing I, as I was reading about this, I I think that's one of the things that's really interesting is the mix between um we'll say documented facts. And folklore and it's really a, a, a cool blend of these things and to me i mean unless i'm going to like maybe investigate a place um if there's good folklore about a place that's good enough for me you know whether anything happened there there, there was this book about you know all these in, uh, uh, inaccuracies in history um, and one of the things people were debating about was Paul Revere. And uh, the title of this book was called I Love Paul Revere, Whether He Wrote or Not. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I, I've never let the facts get in the way of a good ghost story. So, uh, sort of the, <laughs> I would say synopsis, but it's, can get kind of lengthy there's actually a lot of the information about the bell Witch is comes from a book called an authenticated history of the bell Witch, by they call him martin v ingram although his full name is martin van buren ingram but yeah so ingram um but this book was published and now i'm thinking is uh it'll pop up here as the late 1800s it's in public domain now so it's a free download And uh, it's it's like 90 pages or something like that. It's pretty cool. But that's where a lot of the accounts from what happened come from, is this book. Can you say the title of that one more time, Mike? An Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. Awesome. Ingram is the the author. So... um, It says the haunting began sometime in 1817 when John Bell witnessed the apparition of a strange creature resembling a dog. Bell fired at the animal, but it disappeared. Uh, John's son drew bell approached an unknown bird perched on a fence that flew off and was of quote, extraordinary size. The daughter Betsy observed a girl in a green dress swinging from the limb of an oak tree. Their servant, um, Actually, he was a slave. Uh, Dean reported being followed by a large black dog on evenings as he visited his wife. Uh, Activity moved to the Bell household with knocking heard along the doors and walls. The family heard sounds of gnawing on the beds, invisible dogs fighting and chains along the floor. About this time, (laughs) when you get the about this time, it's like, where were you a week ago? About this time, John Bell began experiencing paralysis in his mouth. Uh, the phenomenon grew in intensity as sheets were pulled from beds while the children slept. So, actually, my, I, my aunt, that happened to her when she was sleeping in my grandmother's house after my grandmother died. Yeah. She had the sheets pulled off of her bed.
1: Yikes. That That is one of my <laughs> biggest fears. You're, you're yeah. so vulnerable at that point. Exactly. Yeah. You're like
0: groggy. You're like laying there in your underwear, pajama bottoms, and if all of a sudden the sheets come off and you're like, okay, I'm sleeping in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, soon the entity pulled hair and scratched the children, with particular emphasis on Betsy, who was slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. Uh, the Bells turned to a family friend, James Johnson, for help. After retiring for the evening at the Bells' home, Johnson was, awa- was awakened. Johnston was awakened that night by the same phenomena. That morning, he told John Bell it was a spirit quote spirit just like in the Bible. Soon word of the haunting spread with with some traveling great distance to see the witch. The apparition began to speak out loud and was asked, who are you and what do you want? And the voice answered feebly, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed, the spirit offered diverse explanations of why it had appeared tying its origin to the disturbance of a native American burial mound located on the property and sent drew bell and Bennett Porter on an unproductive search for buried treasure. Uh, it's not like this witch ghost we really like to have fun with people. The entity was well acquainted with biblical texts and appeared to enjoy religious arguments. As another amusement, the witch shared gossip about activities in other households, and at times appeared to leave for brief moments and visit homes after an inquiry. <laughs> so. <laughs> You go. That's great. Um, So uh, John Johnston, son of James, devised a test for the witch, something no one outside the family would know, asking the entity what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves if she thought something they did was wrong. The witch replied with his grandmother's accent, hut tut, what has happened now? In another account, an Englishman stopped in to visit and offered to investigate. On remarking on the family overseas, the witch suddenly began to mimic his English parents. Again, at early morning, the witch woke him up to voices of his parents worried as they had heard his voice as well. The Englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote the Bell family that the entity had visited his family in England. He apologized for his skepticism. Um... Now, the, the, the witch did talk about uh, Lucy, John Bell's wife, as, quote, the most perfect woman to walk the earth. The witch would give Lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her and sh- uh, shower John Bell Jr. a measure of respect, it says. So um, the, the the witch threatened to kill John, John Bell Sr., which uh, the witch called Old Jack, uh, said that... Uh, signaled this intention through curses, threats, and afflictions. Uh, As it turned out, John Bell actually was poisoned, seemingly by the witch. Um, And then afterward, the entity interrupted the mourners by singing drinking songs. This witch knew how to party. Um, In 1821, as a result of the witch's entreatment, Betsy Bell called off her engagement to Joshua Gardner subsequently the entity told them it was going to leave but would return in seven years in 1828 the witch returned on time to lucy and her sons richard and joel with similar activities as before but when they chose not to encourage it uh the witch appeared to leave again now there was also a report that uh, that one t- at one time andrew jackson came to visit the home and um the visit doesn't really stand up to historical scrutiny, but it's still a cool story anyway. Again, let's not not, not let the facts get in the way of a good story. Um, according to the story, um, basically, the, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pop on that. I was looking for the details, and it sort of threw me a curveball here. The Um, basically the the horses stopped or the the wagon wheels locked up and they couldn't figure out why it happened. And the witch is like, hey, how'd you like my little trick on you? You can go now. And the wheel started spinning again. So um, there was no record of Jackson being in that area around the time that this would have happened. But uh, like, again, it it makes for a good story. Now, uh, in 1820s, There were some reports of the witch reappearing. Um, Let's see here. The Saturday Evening Post in 1856 published an article about the bell witch or the bell ghost or Tennessee ghost, as they called it sometimes. Um, Let's see. They actually had to retract something uh, because they um, insinuated that Betsy Bell may have uh, been a ventriloquist. And able to make all of things happen these things happen and they, they they took that back then. now let's see here when she talked about the return here we go, um, on the week of January twentieth, eighteen 1890, hundreds of persons reported to have visited a house two and a half miles east of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as word spread of a of coal mysteriously falling from the ceiling in the family room. Uh, the house was occupied by a prominent minister in the area. Let's see here. Mrs. Quate was injured as a piece struck her on top of the head, and she required medical attention. Uh, They suspected the servant girl might be a suspect, but uh, you know they could never really do anything to her, or uh, definitely pin it on her. Uh, Let's see here. We got the 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 witch. Here we go. Moving into the 20th century, um, there was a prophecy that by May of 1903, that the witch could return on the Centennial of the Bell family arriving in Tennessee, uh, that really didn't happen. Oh uh, where are we here? There's another book that was published. Uh, oh, here we go, 1937, there were reports of quirky events. Lewis Garrison, owner of a farm that included the Bell Witch Cave, which really had nothing to do with the original haunting, but in the 20th century, it kind of started becoming a thing. Uh, so they were uh, the owner owner of the farm that included the cave heard unexplained noises coming from inside bell descendants described the sound of something rubbing against a house a paper-like object flew out of the door and re-entered through the side door and faint music heard from a piano uh, these were different things not all coming from the cave a gr- <laughs> um a group of the local Epworth League were reported to have attended a wiener roast on a rock quarry near the Bell Witch Cave in 1937. The group were joking about the legend when they said they saw the figure of a woman sitting on the top of a cliff, uh, on, on the top of the cliff over the cave, causing many to flee. According to the newspaper, a minister in the group later claimed to have investigated and discovered it was moonlight on a rock. The second report concluded with a weather report that the moon was barely noticeable on that night. So unlikely it was a moonlight on the rock. Um, Jim Brooks published in 2015 that his mother was in attendance at the roast and relates that the minister caught up with the youth on the road to town after discovering no explanation for the figure. Uh, Okay, one more thing here. We had some. Here we go. So uh, sh- <laughs> Okay, here's, here's Josiah. Here's, here's you getting touched again. Mm-hmm. Two more. Um, in 1977, uh, there were five soldiers from nearby Fort Campbell at the Bell Witch Cave. One of the soldiers was sitting on a rock and expressed skepticism of the legend when something invisible grabbed him around the chest. Mm-hmm. So not quite like getting hit in the back with a wheelchair, but it's pretty good. <laughs> um, finally. <laughs> um oh okay actually two more sorry just the hits keep on coming here um in 1986 staff writer david jared for the tennessean and photographer bill watson the latter also a member of the national speleological society i think i nailed it were given permission to sleep in the cave overnight so this is like a cave guy okay this guy's like, what do they call them? Cave? Spelunker. Spelunker, yeah. post is like, i was going like cave hounds or well, something like that. that that's uh, why
2: when you said the so- society's name, it, it was
0: yeah. the spiel, whatever, yeah. I, 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 I like, though, I, I like cave hounds.
1: I like that way better. I don't know better. why.
0: <clears throat> okay. D- dudes were cave hounds. It's going to be the name um, of my fantasy th- football team next year. <laughs> the, the cave, cave hounds. hounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um while in the first cave room they heard a noise from the deep from deeper in the cave jared estimated at 30 yards subsequently an unwavering groan groan hello it's elmified um (laughs) and, and as quote an unwavering groan repeated again with greater volume and accompanied by several loud thumps when it began a third time the men retreated to the gate entrance they explored the wiring to the lights, looking for a reason for the noises. They went back to the first cave room, but heard a rumble near the entrance. Walking back to the entrance, they discovered the rumble was the noise from a jet. As they reached the gate, a high-pitched scream emanated from inside the cave. The journalists left and did not spend the night. Now, what I like about that is that these are guys that know caves, or at least the one. So, um, moans and screams... They probably know that from a normal, you know, rock falling down the edge of a cave wall here. Yeah. Okay. No. All right. So, so real, for, for real, finally. In 1987, H.C. Sanders, owner of a nearby gas station, reported 20 years earlier, so this would have been 1967, he ran out of gas one night near Red River across from the Bell Witch Cave. He began to walk towards town when a rabbit came out of the woods and began to follow him. Sanders walked faster because you know how these wild rabbits are, but the rabbit kept pace. Even as he broke out into a run after a mile, Sanders sat down on a log to catch his breath. The rabbit hopped up on the other side of the log, looked at him and said, hell of a race we had there. Wasn't it? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I love that story. So, um, this, this story about when John Bell was poisoned. The story is, um, and, and, and now it's bothering me because this article is way too long for me to find the place where I wanted to get it again. Control F, poison. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was like trying to do it without that. <laughs> Actually... This is where, this is, this is where the dead cat comes in. Oh, 41. Ooh, one. Okay. Um, so one of the reports, and this varies a little bit, at one time, a vial of poison was found in the flue of the chimney and being taken, being taken down, Dr. George B. Hobson gave one drop to a cat causing its death in seven seconds. Uh, Now, this was after John was, okay, well, the the, the witch claimed to have put the poison there for the purpose of killing Mr. Bell. Being asked how it was going to administer the poison, it said by pouring it into the dinner pot. It is remarkable that, although he enjoyed good health up to the time of the event, Mr. Bell died one, or within, and there's a missing part here, days after the vial was found, being in a stupor at the time of his death. From this time, people visited the house less frequently because it's gonna kill you. Although the witch would now and then be heard. So a couple ways that this, this story has been told sometimes is you know he he's, he's he wakes up he's in, he's really sick not feeling well. The witch is laughing ha 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 I killed old Jack and um, the guy dies John dies. Um, whereas they they check his medicine or this mysterious vial give some to the cat. This seems to be a constant in almost all the stories. They give some to the cat who immediately dies. Uh, so one of the first things I found, even before I found this story, was a link that says that there's an article in The Tennessean. I think that was mentioned in another thing here. Bell Witch Lore Spins Dark Tale, but could science explain it all? Question mark. And I'm thinking, hmm, this will be interesting. Um, how, how do we... How, how do we f- explain all of these strange things. Are they mass hallucinations? Are they swamp gas? Are they reflections of moonlight from a weather balloon? (laughs) What could it be? Um, So... One of the things they consider is do 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 the um it, it could actually be the said it sounds like heavy metal poisoning some of the symptoms he had because hmm. they said like the, some of the things like with with his tongue swelling up and, and and a partial paralysis in his face which they said ironically may have been Bell's palsy okay. that um yeah <laughs> again coincidence different Bell um, family yeah <laughs> I'm imagining so yeah the. Uh, but but they said it is most the most likely thing here would be arsenic poisoning, mm-hmm. um, because uh, like like with lead poisoning it builds up in your system it doesn't it doesn't come out very quickly, uh, with arsenic it comes it goes you, you you reduce the dosage, hey they're getting better you increase it ooh I'm sick again it's up it's down like that so they're like okay hey it's arsenic poisoning we've solved it oh except for um. this part says, even if John Bell's medical ailments could be explained the fantastical events are less easily understood um, we have no way to authenticate them one way or the other man said, like his shoes would go flying off and they just couldn't keep them we couldn't be kept on his feet and he felt like he was being smacked in the night we can't make heads or tails of any of that so, um could science explain it all? apparently not uh, they can explain the man dying of arsenic poisoning but these strange creatures the dog that disappears the child that is being played with that disappears all the noises the yeah, the slapping the um the, the hymns being sun, sung sung uh, communicating with people overseas um being there are even some examples of it being in two places at once hmm like two different homes at the same time, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we can't explain any of that, but yeah, we we'll we'll definitely arsenic poisoning case closed. And and and, it, and it's sort of just, and I've talked about this before, and it kind of pisses me off a little bit at times, where because somebody says they have an answer to a part of a problem or a possible reason that something happened or evidence that one thing was faked, everything's now. In question everything's suspect um they're gonna throw it all out not believe anything not believe anybody it's all fake and i don't like that but my opinion doesn't make a difference except for right now when i get to talk about it and that's what i did so that's bell witch and and i know that it's it's i think there was even a mini series a little series about stuff going on with with it too so it's got a lot of attention in the last few years uh but i, I thought I was thought it was just a, a cool story and uh very
1: interesting kind of kind of creepy it is and just to think of all the different things it wasn't just like a standard ghost it's yeah. so much more than that you know it can mm-hmm. cross continents and things mm-hmm. like that that's pretty impressive i mean some of the elements
0: are almost demonic yeah, yeah. You know, by what you call it, of course, you know, depending on who you talk to, everything's demonic. Yeah. So the door slammed in a demonic way. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Speaking of them, did you see their episode on the Bellwitch cave and yeah. property? And yeah. Right
0: there? Yeah. It was not one more of my favorite so, ones, but I mean, it was cool to be there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had heard a while back that there was something to do with a property dispute as well. Like, they, like, Sarah Bell lived on the property or something, and then it was given to a man. I can't remember specifics, but it was some, like, some sort of injustice to a woman um, over a property dispute, and they thought that that might be what it was as well. One of the people, um,
0: there was a, okay, it wasn't, there was another. Yeah, I don't have that at my fingertips now. I I believe one of the names that they thought that the witch might have been they gave her was Kate. Yes. And I believe this Kate was actually a person in town, Old Kate Bat's witch. Old Kate, yeah. Old Kate, that she may have been involved in this property dispute. So, yeah, I I, I did remember seeing that. Um, There's also an idea, too, that... The, the, this arsenic poisoning, that was actually something... Because arsenic was like everywhere then. It was you, you used, like especially like rat poison and stuff like that. Uh, and so it wasn't unusual for people to have arsenic all over. I mean, you didn't need it, on purpose at least, unless somebody was trying to get at you, like possibly an abused wife. Uh, yeah. That was a very common way to uh, tame down an abusive husband. Or slaves would poison the, uh, the their their masters so John Bells did own slaves although I, I think it's interesting it's through most of this whoops I just go ahead and punch that. thank you very much um, there's not a lot of mention in here about owning slaves okay yeah I mean there's there's a mention about the visitors slaves. And we had the slaves in the area. So, yeah, not, but but, yeah, they were slave owners. So I guess it's, you know, you're not supposed to tell the people anymore that people used to be slave owners. But yeah, (laughs) they were. So um, that could have been
1: some uh, uh, foul play on their part. The one detail that is a little troublesome to me, and I, I had never heard of it prior to you saying it's just tonight, um, was where that that guy asked what his mother or whatever his grandmother would say to the slave if there was a wrongdoing. Like <laughs> right. That is so specific. And if, in fact, that did come out in her accent, how do you explain that? Right, right. Or, or the the
0: parents of the guy, the the, the, the parents lived in in England.
1: Yeah, and then they said, yeah, it was here. Like, imagine being that guy, <laughs> and you're trying to discredit this, and then he hears that. Like, that that to me is really freaky. It reminds me of um, the Mothman prophecies, the movie where um, mm-hmm. Richard Gere is holding the chapstick in his hand, and he says. What am I holding in my hand? And then the, the voice of Indrid Cold whispers chapstick, you know, and it's like, how would he know? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and for this thing,
0: again, it, it may be a lot of the folklore. The stories have taken over. Yeah. It, it's more fiction than fact at this point. It, it's It's been 200 years at this yeah. point. So, you know, a lot can happen to the quote unquote facts in 200 years. But that's a heck of a fun story. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Except for, you know, the people dying. And the cat. And the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... T- like, that's like the first thing to do. This
1: might be poison.
0: Let's give it to the cat.
1: <laughs> Gosh. It really is a fun story. It's, it's It's one of those that's always stuck with me ever since i mm-hmm. heard it and like i said i don't know what the title is on audible but it was an audio book and if you get the chance i definitely listen to it it's really creepy
0: cool yeah to take maybe try get one of those uh th- 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 those those trials yeah Here you go haven't haven't done that in a while after about five or ten years you got to be able to get a second one right the free month <laughs> i <I'd> hope so <laughs> yeah that, w- that was cool thanks for sharing yeah it, Mike. thank you yeah, cool. Awesome yeah, like topic. you said, it was something that I I've been. It's it's always kind of been in the back of my mind since I read that as a kid, and, and and it's like I've never really been satisfied with anything I've seen about it. My whole life, I mean, a, after that, after reading about it in the book, it's like okay, this is pretty good. Everything else is kind of just doing it an injustice. Yeah. But uh, if if anybody's interested in uh, the, the Wikipedia write-up of it there's a a lot more detailed um accounts of of what was going on there so it's pretty cool a lot you know of course the great thing about that is it gives you links to original sources so that's always fun to look at like you said steve about doing some research and Mm -hmm. uh or is that maybe before we started recording (laughs) <laughs> i think that was yeah <laughs> about writing a book uh yeah the, the the original sources are always nice to be able to find especially when you can just click and get a link and you don't have to go to the library yourself and hunt them down so that's <laughs> always helpful nice but so there we go bell witch go witches so, ah, well so josiah um next episode you will officially be off probation great Okay, okay, just watch your step <laughs> Oh, I will Okay, see that you do <laughs> <laughs> I was like saying that for some reason, see that you do
1: Yeah, Oh, well, I certainly will <laughs> uh, So
0: you guys, uh, you, you've got your, is it the 10th or 11th now? I can't remember which date it is 10th December 10th Yes, sir. At Laredo Taft and uh, yeah that link is on Paranormal One, Rock River River Area Paranormal Society pages and also um, the Laredo Taft what was it called again? Uh, Laredo Taft Field Campus Field Campus, Laredo Taft Field Campus, so uh, dinner and a ghost hunt mm-hmm. what more could a person want? Don't answer that <laughs> um <laughs> But that's for 50 bucks, that's all you get. Um, (laughs) So, okay, got uh, anything else going on? Or are we ready to beat feet? I think it's pretty boring in our neck of the woods. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hey, at least we got this much done. So, that's a good thing. Yeah. This is a
1: great episode tonight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it would have been even better had you not ruined it for us,
1: but you know. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll look forward to whatever we have next time hashtag WTF
0: <laughs> well because you were bad and couldn't I know give us anything but hey by the time the next one is recorded I'll be forgiven Thank and, you. and you just have to do like twi- I think you did that though the last time you, you missed one and then came back and just like really nailed it not that Just you don't it time, out of the park yeah you, you what was it you blew us away blew everyone right away <laughs> blew us away <laughs> <laughs> oh okay I think that's a good time to stop hey, next week Josiah will not holster his
2: guns <laughs> uh, I'd be like Yosemite Sam
0: <laughs> back off <laughs> Okay, was everybody intimidated by those uh, mud flaps? Was that the was that the point?
1: Oh yeah, my grandpa got a, on his trailer. Does he? <laughs> yep. Okay,
0: generation raised in fear. Yeah. Yosemite Sam's telling you to back off. <laughs> Good deal. All right, so uh, let's see. We already went over a couple of the Facebook things. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can find us at. Well, you obviously you know how to listen to us. Um, contacting. There we go. At paranormal. Wait, what is it, Josiah? Paral one contact. Um, <laughs> at, I I just I don't know. I'm just losing it here. <laughs> um, my brain's getting ahead of my mouth. Paral one contact at gmail.com. Or, if you want to be a guest on the show and mm. want to find out how that works out, then it's perilonebooking at gmail.com. Uh, also, the uh, Bartell and Henson Paranormal Facebook page, and Rock River Area Paranormal Society Facebook page, and conoverghosts.com website page. So, that's that. Uh, Anything else, guys, or are we good to roll out of here? I think think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that pause says it all. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks again, guys. This was fun.
1: Yes, very fun. Thank you. you.
0: Finally, finally got ourselves together to do this. Um, Yeah, so uh, everybody, thanks again for listening. So uh, if you like what you hear... Thanks, Mom. Um, if you <laughs> have anything to add, um, you know, want to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you, you know all the ways to get to us. Rewind a minute and a half and you'll hear them again. Um, and uh, But, yeah, we, we do appreciate everybody who's listening. Thank you very much. And like us, favorite us or whatever it is you do on your podcast listening thing to Get notified the next time that we're on. So um, thanks, everybody. And until next time, we will see you in the dark. Ready for clappage? Yes, sir. All right. Three, two, one.